This is Steve Goodrich, known on the trail as Bird Shooter, and this is N2 Backpacking, a podcast for both hikers and backpackers. Hey guys, it's Bird Shooter here. I want to welcome you to episode number 30 tonight at N2 Backpacking. Uh, we're going to welcome back Scott Squatch Harriet this evening. Uh, we last heard from him at episode number 25, but tonight uh, he's going to talk about his adventures on the Camino de Santiago, which is a 518-mile trail that starts in France and uh, ends near the coast of Spain. Uh, Squatch is also going to give us a brief preview of his soon-to-be-released movie on Iceland, where he spent 72 days last summer. And finally, he ends the uh, conversation with a uh, hint at his next major project. That said, here is Squatch. So this is Bird Shooter, and I'd like to welcome Squatch Ooh. once again to the show. Hi. Squatch, good to talk to you again. Good, good to be here. Uh, sorry about my, if I sound a little raspy tonight. Uh, uh, I actually live, you know, in uh, in Porter Ranch, where that methane leak is going. I don't think that has anything to do with why, but I'm using that as my excuse. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, I hope I sound okay. I just feel a little like uh, I feel pretty good. I just feel like it's raspy or something. I don't know. No, you, you sound good. Oh, you sound I, like you just got you just came back from Iceland. That's what you yeah, sound I, like. I uh, kind of did. I it's, it's been about geez, what August? Jeez, it's been almost five and a half months, and I literally I'm not I am not kidding you. Um, like tonight, pretty much finished the film. Yeah, I saw on your Kickstarter. Yeah. Uh, campaign that you were getting ready to put the uh the film out yeah to the public yeah it should be uh, i would say roughly two weeks before i put the downloads uh, downloads will go up first and then i'll have the dvds and uh blu-rays ready for sale but i'll, I'll have a trailer out uh next week yeah i really look forward to seeing it and i definitely want to save you some time at the end of the uh show to, to talk about your trip sure um, but one of the things that really fired me up the last time we talked, which was just over a year ago, was um, your film on the Camino mm. de Santiago, yeah. or a.k.a. Way of St. James, right? Mm -hmm. So um, may maybe to get things rolling here, so it's a 518-mile route right. that starts in France, goes to the coast of Spain. You, you want to just give us some kind of quick history on the Camino? Well, it's um, – that's the core that, that – um part of it is like the main thing that people will do. If anybody out there, I'm sure some of your listeners have, have seen the movie, the way uh, that Emilio Estevez made with his dad, Martin Sheen, really good film. If you haven't, especially if you're considering going on the Camino. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, it's five, about five eighteen. Uh, not a cakewalk, uh, but certainly a hell of a lot easier than the Appalachian trail or the Pacific crest trail. So it's, um, not a lot of, uh, camping. Uh, I, I don't even recommend that. I think, you know, you've got towns like on average every seven, eight miles and they actually kind of discourage camping because these, you know, these towns livelihood depends a lot on the, uh, on the, uh, uh, peregrinos, the pilgrims who come and, and do it. And uh, there's a lot of nice places and it's actually, so, you know, the rates are pretty reasonable. So, um, we were just saying before we, um, or I was telling you just before we started taping, that uh, a big thing for me that I really enjoyed on it was the the amount of uh, 
international folk who are out there. I mean, now I, as a result of going there, now I really have like a burning passion to want to go to Ireland. A lot of nice Irish people, Australia, a lot of beautiful Australian women out there. I'm, I'm assuming <laughs> there's more at home. You know, that's been a reoccurring theme of this podcast. I think it goes back to episode number eight. Uh, one of the guys I interviewed was uh, raving about Australian women. Mm. So not the first time that topic has come up. Actually, maybe maybe that's why I get so many downloads out of Australia. Could be. I, I, I'm not kidding. With the Australian women I met, I actually thought I'm, I'm in my mid-50s and uh, never been married but I remember after meeting like three Australians, goes, you know what? If I ever get married, maybe it'll be an Australian woman because they're just <laughs> they're so down to earth and and beautiful and nice, good senses of humor, and I just have to work on my uh, dandruff and my personality. <laughs> you know, Squatch. I don't know. Like in watching your film, the the you you seem to be a ladies' man. <laughs> you were always hanging out with ladies, hiking with ladies. Well, I never uh, said I was stupid. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I I love women. Let's just put it that way. I love women. <laughs> women. Have, That's probably why you're still single. That could that could be a, a determining factor in it. But uh, yeah. Hey, so on the Camino, help um, help the listeners on the history, right? Yeah. So te- technically, you're not a hiker. You're a pilgrim. How it started was this: the, um, somewhere around 700, 800 AD. Uh, the Pope, whoever the Pope was at the time, you know, became aware that Islam had this thing called the Hajj, which the followers would go to Mecca, this, this pilgrimage to go. So, I mean, the rumor has it, you know, we, we need to have something like that. So around that time as well, there were some folks in near the town of Compostela that had apparently witnessed some strange lights hovering in the uh, in the sky and they uh, went to investigate, as the story goes, uh, you know, the next day. And they found like a uh, like a sarcophagus or a, some kind of tomb. And somehow they deduced, I don't know the exact logic involved, but that this was uh, St. James, one of the apostles, one of the 12 apostles. Uh, now, it's confirmed that St. James, in fact, did go to Spain. In fact, he was killed there. Now, it was like kind of common knowledge that would have happened. So they decided, well, we'll build a cathedral around these uh, believed to be St. James bones. And then it just evolved from there. And people made this pilgrimage. But the, the, where it starts, the basic route, which starts, uh, you spend about two days in France. You go over the Pyrenees, which I recommend. Uh, yeah, that looked awesome. Yeah. That, I mean, I had a lot of questions for you about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. We, we got it was great for the film, but it was it was tough because it was a late May snowstorm, which was kind of rare. And um, but there are routes or extensions of the Camino all over Europe. You know, like I, the kid in the film you saw, he biked all the way from where the hell was that? Somewhere up, up Norway. He was ne- was he Netherlands? Netherlands? I mean, he was. Uh, yeah, People yeah. walk from Germany. This one guy, the older guy near the end, it started in Wales, and you know he took a boat over. Then he did a. So there's all these like this kind of network of routes that people take, and um, it is. A- a- as social as like the Appalachian Trail and the and the Pacific Crest Trail are, I mean, great trails. Can't recommend those things enough. As far as the social dimension, it kind of is up to notch, I think, on the Camino. And I think for for two primary reasons. One, because it's a physically easier trail, you actually have more energy at the end of the day to socialize. 
and there's more places to stop uh, along the way. And uh, also, I think it's because the nature of a lot of people doing actually at this point in time, only about 15 percent of the people who do it do it specifically or primarily for religious reasons, uh, religious yeah, reasons. Yeah. And that was a question I had for you yeah. because, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of Catholics in Spain and right. um, Catholicism is big in the history of this. Sure. What what percentage of the people on the trail are um, are Catholic that are doing it I don't, for that reason? I don't know about Catholic. You know, I know 15 by 15 percent specifically Christian doing a Christian pilgrimage. Uh, my guess would probably be I'm going to just take a shot in the dark here, probably. Roughly two thirds, I would say, were probably Catholic. Okay. Uh, oh, go ahead. So, so when you go to the masses, though, um, are, are the priests very accepting of of all the programs? Like, you know, can oh, you yeah. describe that? Oh yeah, because especially I think anybody can go to to any of those masses, and the um, the one where there's footage of in Compostela, which is if anybody again has seen the movie The Way, where they have the um, you know, the uh, I don't know what the, what the name of the uh, object is, but they put, you know, incense in it or whatever. It's the the burning stuff and it. They swing it through the church. So the, the smell wafts through that. It's really cool looking. And um, they actually, I think, say you're not supposed to videotape. And I hope God forgives me. But uh, <laughs> but there were so many yeah. people videotaping. Everybody had their smartphones out and they were it, you could see that they were videotaping, not taking still pictures. So. I figured God would approve. So, uh, yeah, that, that was actually really cool to see in the film. And the churches are beautiful. Oh, I mean, some of the churches yeah. you filmed like blew me away. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. The, the one in Burgos, uh, I think more than anyone is just. And they started that like over a thousand years ago, or roughly a thousand years ago. And you walk in, and it just it looks like is you know is this CG'd? Is this actually real up there? Um, <laughs> it's. It's really stunning, and it is. It's one of the highlights. Is the, is that church architecture? Uh, yeah, the three ones being Burgos, uh, oh, one of the uh, Compostela, and then Lyon. Lyon, um, Lyon's cathedral is pretty awesome as well. So you also have these little tiny churches you can go into, and the you know the people are really nice. The one thing, and I didn't mention it in the film, but I would say the one thing I felt <coughs> misled by either the internet and or friends I talked to who had done it, I got this kind of consensus. Oh, oh yeah. You know, everybody base, especially in the big city speaks English. And I found that to be not true. And I went hmm. to shops. You know, yeah. So the thing is though, there's so many people doing it, especially if you go, you know, I would, I don't recommend, recommend the summer. It's really hot and there's so many people, but I recommend spring or fall to go. Um, but there's usually enough people. There's somebody there you've met who will probably be relatively fluent in Spanish if you are not uh, to get because you know Quanta Cuesta. How much is that? Baño. Where's the bathroom? Uh, <laughs> Baño. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I definitely know that one. <laughs> uh, and uh, coffee con leche. That coffee's awesome there. That's there. So that those are Squatch's three three words yes. of wisdom for the Camino. Exactly. Coffee con leche. No, no, that's not a question. That that's if, you, if you're a coffee drinker, Quanta Cuesta, which is how much is that? And just go baño. <laughs> I don't know the other adjectives or whatever the hell. How much? Hey, bon, baño sounds like the most important one there. Yeah, easy to find you. I, I didn't. I found that there, it was not hard. It, when you needed one, uh, 
you know, and again, there, there's some relatively wildernessy areas too. There, there's some really actually lush areas you probably noticed in the film that were <clears throat> surprisingly Appalachian Trail-like. That that was kind of a cool surprise. Uh, yeah. Hey, so before we talk about the train, let me ask you this though, because I saw I think it was on Wikipedia that in in some years when it's a there's certain years where there's a surge, right? Two hundred and sixty thousand. Yeah. 000. Yeah. And. Uh, I think it's called the Jubilee Jubilee years. If you, I think if you Google that, you can find when those are. Um, and again, it's a tradition in the Catholic Church, these Jubilee years, so that more people will show up. So, yeah, unless you're really, you know, I would say a devout Catholic and you really want to have a, tons of people out there, then I would avoid those years. And, I, and, and that's when St. James Day, which I think is July 25th, falls on. Sunday, right? Is that is that what they yeah, call it, Jubilee year? I, I don't know specifically. I know though. It's funny when you said that. You know, there it was really sad. If you remember, uh, I didn't do it in the film because it was such a downer. But I was there when they had that big tr- uh, train crash in Spain. Uh, we were in the square waiting for this. Um, they have this supposedly incredible video demonstration. They actually, project on the on the facade of the cathedral. I had talked to a guy who was in the film, um, the guy who was the college professor, uh, Kip. And we're all waiting there. And about 20 minutes before they started, they made an announcement in Spanish. We found out later that train had derailed. And I forgot how many people were, but there were quite a few people killed in it. So it just shut that whole thing down because all the police had to go cover that. That that was probably like 10, 15 miles away. So uh, I do recommend... uh, that if you're there that, at that time of year, and I went, yeah, I went springtime. I mean, even even in the off years, there's a lot of people hiking the Camino. Um, mm. how, how can you comment on the the traffic? I mean, do you do you think the townspeople are getting weary of it, or be, no, because it's a part of their livelihood, it, it's it's it, important to it's them? It's all year round. So I think if you're really weary of it, you've already backed out. You, you probably it might be for some people, you know, their main source of. Uh, income but i didn't really i didn't find a lot of weariness out there i mean i found a lot of the spanish people to be really really nice and down to earth and i really loved the little villages i think that was cool you'd be walking i mean like it probably was a no more maybe 50 people lived in some of the villages and i really envied you'd see like the two old guys sitting at the fountain just talking to each other and what a what a cool simple life they seem to have and then I found out they were drug lords. No, <laughs> uh, but uh, they just escaped from prison. Exactly, exactly. Folks, <laughs> I guess older uh, town folk. Uh, the weather was really cool that time of year. If you're, it's basically the same latitude as like central and northern California, and it really reminded me of uh, springtime in like central and northern California, where you got a lot of billowy clouds and like cool breeze, really. Really nice. And again, that goes back to me recommending those times of year, spring and fall, as opposed to summer, where it can get brutal, especially in the center part, the part they call the Masata, the Maseta. I had read it's kind of flat and arid, but I think that was really overhyped as far as its desolatedness. <laughs> Just really, maybe because yeah. I had hiked on the uh, pretty wildernessy trails and, uh, in uh, the U.S., especially the PCT, you know, it's much more, uh, that's much more wildernessy. Uh, and again, it would be something I, 
as I mentioned, uh, it isn't a cakewalk. So don't just think if you're out of shape, you're going to walk yourself into shape. I would, I would start walking, you know, at least maybe a couple of months ahead of time, start doing little hikes and whatnot. And you'll, you'll definitely, uh... oh, and another thing, there's a lot of people with blisters because it is relatively flat. You don't get a lot of, especially in the center part, a lot of changing terrain. So you'll get that repetitive um, gait going on, which is conducive, especially if it gets warm, to uh, developing blisters. Hey, so let me, and, and I remember Monique talking about that. I think she was in your film, yeah. and she yeah. she made the statement just that it, it was hard. It wasn't it wasn't a cakewalk. Yeah. Um, I was looking online though. And it seemed like in 1985, there was only a handful of people doing the Camino. I think they clocked like 600 or some that year. Mm. Why the big surge in interest well, I, in, in such a short span of time? Well, I, all I can speak to is why there has been uh, an um, increase from people from the U.S., and that's my film. No. <laughs> no. Wait, this is, where you, this is where you do your SquatchFilms.com. Yeah, SquatchFilms. Oh, thank you. I'll do it. As well. I did it for you. you. Did it for me. This guy squash. And I'm, you know, by the way, I'm continuing my holiday sale. I slashed prices by thirty percent, and I'm going to keep doing that for about another, uh, about another week before I change. I'm just actually basically too lazy, and I'm finishing up this film to go in and uh, change the website. So I've got to remake my PayPal buttons, and I'll to go back to the. Uh, well, I'll probably still make them cheaper, but they're worth it. Damn it. They're worth it. By now you got three weeks. Exactly. Or no, not three weeks, probably a week and a half. Oh yeah. Uh, wait, did you, Oh no, but the reason there has been this big increase of Americans is the film, the way. Wow. So it does come back to Hollywood. So is walking the woods going to ruin the AT? Uh, you know, it's such a weak movie that I don't think, I think walking the woods is pretty, pretty weak. And I, I, you know, I'm a tough critic, but, I'm a huge Robert Redford fan, have been for years, but this thing was just slapped together. It's just, I, the director was lame. I mean, how they were able to go on that trail, which is so beautiful, and come away with hardly any beautiful shots, just as testimony. Well, it, it's because it was filmed in Atlanta. Yeah, that's yeah, why. Yeah, probably a lot of it, they, oh, the thing where they fall down a cliff near there, it's so stupid. I mean, there's a couple of moments that are nice, but it, it's weak. It, it's just. It's just sad that, you know, I know. But, but the way the way obviously had an impact on Americans yeah. over in uh, in Europe. On, yeah, on the community. That's true. I think I uh, what I'm hoping is that people will uh, go to Amazon or my, uh, you know, and then when they see Walk in the Woods, hey, those ratings aren't too good. Well, well what's this other film about flip flop flipping? This looks good. This has got higher ratings than that <laughs> Walk in the Woods piece of crap I've heard about. So. Um, <clears throat> Yeah. Squatch, let me ask you, though, because I thought I read somewhere, or maybe I heard somewhere, that the Camino was almost forgotten, and there was a priest that had um, wanted to revive the walk and had gone through and marked, kind of remarked the trail, and then it sort of started to come back. Is is there any truth yeah, to that? Yeah, there. W- I had heard that. It's actually mentioned in the film. I, I don't know how much of an impact it had, but yeah, he was big on having the yellow arrows, and uh, that... I don't know. That was just a thing he did. And um, I don't know, probably just gained a little momentum that way. And uh, <clears throat> I'm sure there were probably other reasons, but I, I'm just not aware of them. Oh, by the way, a really good book I want to recommend if you're thinking about doing the Camino. It's really funny. And part parts of this book were actually incorporated into the screenplay. 
uh, for uh, the I read that. I know exactly what you're talking about. The book was written in like 1994. Something like this. And it's, it's called yeah, yeah. Off the Road, and it's by a gentleman named Jack Hitt. And there are, uh, yeah, it's really funny, well-written, and I, I really recommend it if you're thinking about doing the Camino. Hey, so, Squatch, a question I had for you was about the people on the Camino, because I noticed there was a pretty even mix of male and females, or maybe you just like to hang out with the ladies. But <laughs> I is do. that true? Is there more women on the Camino than, say, the PCT, the AT, the CDT? You know, that's a really good question. I would think there is truth to that. Probably, well, and then also older folks as well because of the relative. That was another thing I noticed. That yeah. was one thing I wanted to bring up. Yeah, I mean, that gap has been closing on the PCT and the AT definitely since I started doing films back in 2003 with War. With wait, wait, Squatch, I got to ask yeah. you because you and I are getting up there in age. Yeah. What, uh, what, what exactly do you define as an older folk? Oh, are, are we are we approaching the category? Oh, oh no, I I mean older than us. I mean like oh, I mean yeah. like you're gonna be. Yeah. You could see. I remember seeing some folks in their early seventies, okay. out on the Camino, and I've seen some, but you know, definitely lower percentage than that on the AT and the PCT. Uh, and more women have uh, definitely started hiking generally, and then I think when Wild came out, that that has really helped inspire a lot of women to want to do long distance hiking as well. So I, you know, I, I don't know what the ratio is now. I think when I, again, started doing the films in 2003, I think it was probably maybe 25% of the hikers were, were women. That would probably, that's just off the top of my head. And maybe now it's up to 40% in that 12 years. Yeah. I mean, it seemed in your, in your movie, it seemed pretty dead even from what I could, yeah, what I could tell. But like you said, yeah, women are more fun to hang out with. So. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I concur. Yeah. Um, Hey, so let's, let's go back to the uh, Pyrenees. Cause yeah. I mean, that was one, one part of the movie that I really thought it looked cool with all the snow. Yeah. And, and, and that was, if we go back to the movie, the way that was essentially where the Emilio Estevez character died. Right. Exactly. He, and, um, that is actually in in truth where people who have died on the Camino, my understanding is the the majority have died there because they uh it's like it's the hard you know, it's like the hardest part of the whole thing is when you start is like that first two days. Because you're just going up, 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 up. And it's not brutal, you don't need ropes or anything, but you're getting so high and if, if a storm comes in, the backside can be really treacherous and if it gets icy you can uh i feel like i think the year i did it not while i was hiking but earlier in the year somebody had passed away up there due to uh hypothermia so it, it was definitely the type of scenario it would be easy to think oh i don't need to uh uh i don't need to carry another extra layer or anything i'll be fine and it it hit us you could see in the film like i said you know there was monique walking ahead of me and i'm like uh it's like, it looked like the beginning of Fargo. <laughs> I love I love that comment. By the yeah, way, yeah, it was just so such a whiteout, you know. But uh, and my and I did not. Uh, speaking of not bringing enough material, uh, um, clothing material, uh, I did not bring my gloves. I didn't have my gloves with it, so I my hands were like really, uh, you know, I could barely move them at one point. So if you're thinking about going anytime late spring, make sure you bring some gloves. 
Yes, and that was one of the things I wanted to ask you was just, um, you know, if you're going out on the PCT or the Continental Divide Trail, you've probably got some experience or you've done a lot of reading or you're certainly pretty prepared for the backcountry. Yeah. But I I could see how the Camino could kind of law you into this, hey, I just need, you know, I, I don't need the hardcore backpacking equipment. And then all of a sudden you're stuck in this major winter storm and you're in a life or death situation. Yeah. Is that, is that basically what happens to people? In, yeah. In, I think so. In, in the Pyrenees. Yeah. And I think, and it, you know, again, once you're past that, there's really very little, there's nothing that high anymore. I mean, you do have two other pretty good ascents after that, but not as continuous and not as high as the Pyrenees. Um, also, I want to re- reiterate about uh, I really don't recommend to people to bring their tent and stuff because at the most you're going to probably end up maybe camping four nights on it and then you're carrying your tent the rest of the, you know, so it's not worth the weight, uh, the, the physical weight to uh, to bring it. And there was there were a few places that you could have. And my understanding was they don't mind. You know, if if it's when it's dark and you find these places and you do it, but they don't want us. They don't want tents to be kind of showing during the day along the way. Sure. You know, so uh, I I don't know. I, I don't think it's that. It's just a different type of thing. I say go. You know, you should always go as light as possible. But uh, uh, the uh, hostels and the pensions, which are kind of the next level up before you get to a quote unquote hotel, like those are the ways to go. And, if, but, but, and as you witnessed in the film, if, if you have a trouble with other people snoring, then I would suggest <laughs> going with the pensions, you know, was that, that guy's name was Errol. Errol. Is that, is oh, that Errol. right? Yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> that guy could saw some. Oh, logs. it was him. And there, if you listen on that, there's like four other people just, I mean, it was so ridiculous. I was, it was two thirty in the morning when I recorded that audio, and it's just this overlapping, you know. And uh, the earplugs did nothing. They so that 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 was a question I had for you, Squatch. I mean, does that make you miss camping, or or just want to have earplugs? Uh, definitely bring earplugs if if you're one of those people who. And I'm noise sensitive, so uh, it seemed to help. And then the thing is, I found that. The general lodging there was pretty good. And, and I found, it seemed to me, on average, compared to, let's say, hotel room, motel rooms you can get in the U.S., overall lodging fees to me seemed about 20% lower than the U.S. So I thought you, you get a bit of a break over there. Uh, I did a kind of a, I wanted to mix it up. I mean, I was in the hostels a little bit. I did a little pension. Maybe I stayed at a few hotels, motels. Not motels, hotels. And so if you got a little dough, pensions would be the way to go, I think, because you get a little more, uh, you'll probably get your own room. You know, it's people who, a lot of people will rent out their rooms in their houses. And um, it's a way to get to know locals as well. So, and the food was, the food was pretty good as well. It was, it wasn't killer, but it was good. It was solid. So describe hostile living, because it looked like, you could be really crammed in with a lot of people. I mean, is, um, yeah, there's definitely places. And, and the one book, by the way, um, there's one book that pretty much everybody uses. And I would recommend that if you go to Amazon, it's, it's, uh, I believe the the author's name is Briarly. Forgot the actual name of it, but it's easy to find. There aren't that many, you know, Camino, 
um, map type books, but uh, I believe Briarly is his name, and it's the best. It has good elevation, uh, gain and loss, good info. It's a little heavy on the spiritual dimension for my. I mean, I like the spiritual dimension, but he gets a little preachy at times, and I, I, some people found that annoying. But that was like the only annoying thing for some people that I heard. As far as information, uh, a lot of numbers, phone numbers to, uh, so you could call ahead. That's also another important point. When you're doing the Camino um, and you're in a bubble or it's, it's, it's a relatively busy time, make sure you're, you're checking, you know, where you're going to be, you know, am I going to do 13 miles today? Am I only going to do eight? Am I going to do 15, whatever, <clears throat> and try to call ahead and get your reservations because there, it happened a couple of times where you'd get into a small town and there was only like, you know, two hostels and one pension and they'd be filled up. So, you know, do that as soon as you know. Uh, and when you, you'll get a feel of it when you're there because you, you'll see, oh, this next town is really dinky. So the smaller the town, the sooner you should get a reservation. And, and the hostels are called, I guess in Spanish, it's called al, albergues, albergues. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're run by, like, it seems like the municipalities run a lot of them, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, the, there, there are those, and then there's uh, privately owned ones. Uh, there's a boy, the one in Burgos is a really nice. Uh, that's dude. It was like five euro for uh, there, and then the one I think in. Um, oh hell, there was a couple of really good ones. Oh, the one right when you get off. I forgot the name of the town, but right when you finish, come you, as soon as you descend to the Pyrenees. There's a great huge one. I mean, hundreds of people can stay there. And again, that that's like five euro. So Burgos and the town you descend down to, I definitely recommend those. Because they, even though there's a lot of people, they have kind of a uh, uh, kind of like cubicle type setup. So you have four people, like, you know, two, two bunks, two sets of bunks. So there's a little bit of uh, a breaking up of sound as opposed to, some of these air, uh, ones where you're just, it's just like a, like a gymnasium. Uh, I never stayed in those because I knew that was just going to be a living hell audio wise. So, uh, yeah, get Briarly's book, see the way. And, but more importantly, buy my film Wayfaring. <laughs> wait, wait, do you, do your plug. Yeah. You do your plug. Well, yeah, yes. Uh, available at squatchfilms.com Wayfaring. They jaunt along the Camino de Santiago, uh, four and a half out of five stars from 41 different reviewers on Amazon. And, <laughs> and I don't even think I know any of those people. So, uh, uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun doing it. I'm uh, proud of that film a lot. And um, uh, buy it. You'll thank hey, me. So, so what, what's it going to cost the, the, you know, the average American to do the Camino? Now, you did it. This was 2013 when you did it, right? Yeah. Boy, you know, ooh. Maybe I should have read those questions. But to, to his credit, Steve did did send me a list of questions, but it was in a a DOCX docx file. I have a Mac, and I, you know, Microsoft wanted me to pay like fifty bucks, yeah, to read a friggin' the the evil empire. Oh, you know what? I could have converted it, right? Oh, I forgot about that. I was running short of time. Anyway, um, well, for me, because I'm a filmmaker, and you know, I. I I kickstarted, I got Kickstarter funding for that one. My last five films, I've been fortunate enough to get Kickstarter funding. And 
I'm just trying to see for somebody not because that included, you know, getting SD cards and and um, all the food. And I had to stay there longer. I was there about a little over two months, which you can definitely do the Camino in less than that. I think like six weeks is a good good time to do it. But I kind of hopped around a little bit because I, I needed to get more footage. But boy, this was bad. I should have been prepared on this. I think, well, excluding airfare, I think you could definitely do it like on two grand easily. Well, I think that's pretty reasonable, yeah, really. Yeah. I mean, it looked it looked like a great tour through Spain. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. I didn't find you know as opposed to Iceland, which was great. Uh, you know, their their prices are a bit more uh, because they have to import so many so much food because. It's, it's relatively isolated. So, um, uh, yeah, boy, I'm sorry. Just Google it. What will it cost me to? Walk <laughs> you know, I, I was a lame answer. Sorry. Yeah, no, no problem. Um, so, uh, you know, another question I had for you on the Camino, you go through, uh, and, and correct me if I pronounce this wrong, mm-hmm. Pompano. Is it Pompano, uh, Spain? Pamplona. Oh, okay. Is that where they run with the That's bulls? That's where they run with the bulls. That's where uh, Hemingway, Ernest Hemingway, hung out a lot. Oh, I saw some pictures in your video. Yeah, it's like, it's like they got this horrible-looking yeah. statue where he's wearing this, like, lead sweater, and it's just uh, – yeah, his his symbol is, is in a lot of places. That's a cool That's a cool town. That, that square is really, really nice, and that, that sculpture I got some footage of, of the running of the bulls. I actually contemplated uh, maybe doing that, but – uh, I actually came to my senses, and, uh, <laughs> but, but was lucky enough to meet those two guys from San Diego who did. Yeah, and they, I saw those, that. That was great. Yeah, they were uh, they were really cool guys, and uh, yeah, you could tell they were pretty. Uh, it's pretty adrenaline rushing that thing. I would, uh, I've seen enough footage, and uh, and cognizant of the fact that I'm, you know, 56. That yeah, maybe that was something I'll try in another life. <laughs> well, you'll just film other people exactly getting maimed, getting gored, and I'll I'll be <laughs> safe behind a barrier. Yeah. So, I mean, do they usually run with the bulls in the summer? Because you you said you were going through in the yeah, spring. Yeah, it right? happened. Uh, b- b- I think it was early June. I think it was mm-hmm. mid early June is when they did it. Because you know, and it's just on TV. They do it for like four days, or is it all week? It's it, it's not just one day. It's like a it's a week long or close to a week long event. So then they, it's like, and then there's a big pre-show and they've got, you know, hosts and then they show the running and all the camera angles and all that. And uh, so that's a pretty big deal there. Yeah. It looked like it. And um, you probably made a good decision by not running with the bulls. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think so. I mean, the odds, I mean, I was in pretty good shape, but, but all you need is, you know, some fat guy in front of me having a heart attack and uh, <laughs> could have been trouble. Hey, so let me ask you about another decision you made there, Squatch, and that was uh, the pig ears. Uh, <laughs> do, do, you want, do you want to describe, because that, that was actually one of the more entertaining yeah, parts of your video. that was pretty funny. Was was the pig ears. Well, Tell- well, well, well the, as shown in the film, it was one of those fortuitous moments. I, I had just met this guy named Eddie from Ireland, one of the several nice people from Ireland I met. And I was interviewing them at the table him and a couple friends and i go well, what is this and he goes oh they're pig's ears you gotta try it and i and i go well I, and i'm one of those i'll try you know anything and they were sitting they were kind of cold i recommend if you're ever going to try pig's ears they have, they have kind of this like barbecue sauce on it 
uh, it was pretty disgusting. But what was you take a bite of it and it's kind of like it's like imagine biting into, uh, you know, this fleshy type stuff and inside are like four old straws. Yeah. Type of consist like it's the cartilage, and you're like, and it really wasn't that gnarly. But I, I, I always like the kid, like I'm gonna barf when I'm eating something on camera, you know. I did, and I had no idea that Eddie was super squeamish. So he's, ta- I handed in the camera. He's taping me, and I'm doing this fake like, and I thought he was kidding, but he wasn't. <laughs> As you see in the film, he hands me back the camera quickly, and luckily I was able to get him just barely throwing up. <laughs> well, that were you? Uh, it didn't look like you were taking those pig ears down too well either. No, it was pretty. It wasn't that I got nauseous. It just, they just, it was the consistency of it. You know, I was like, ah, yeah. It was. Uh, it, it it just was not. Yeah, I, I would maybe try it again if it was warm. You know, <laughs> it was, but it was just it had been sitting there a while. I think there were a few flies on it. I no, I don't think there were flies, but. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't, I can't honestly say don't try them. Um, and then, you know, if not, put them in a, put them into a bag and give them to a stray dog. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. That, that, my dog would love that for sure. An entertaining part of the film. But, you know, what I did actually take away from the, from your movie was, um, all the great food on the hike. I mean, you, you don't get that on the AT, that's for sure. Well, it was, uh, I was kind of, you know, there wasn't a whole lot. I, I ragged actually when I kept sending updates to my Kickstarter followers and I kept bagging on the, you know, the bread. If you're a bread fan, um, they, I guess it, maybe they don't leaven it or something. It's very hard. Their bread. Like I like a little softer and it's like, and so I had several people go, that's what the wine's for to dip it in. And so, okay, yeah. I'll try that. And I did that and it tasted like bad cake. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, I, I don't, oh, I'll tell you the food I did really like though. As you get closer, you know, as you're heading from east to west, you get closer to the coast, you get, um, a lot more seafood and octopus is a big, uh, pulpo. Yeah, that, that looked nasty. Oh, I remember no. the octopus sandwich. Yeah. I, I couldn't get fired up. Yeah, about I that. loved it, man. I, I love octopus. I mean, I'm a big sushi fan, and that's like one of my favorite things. I love – some people hate uh, that chewiness. I love it and the taste yeah. of it. So Sounds like a, sounds like a pig ear to me, Squirrel. Yeah, yeah. So, but if, you, if, if there's maybe, you know, one octopus lover out there, you are in for a treat as you, as you get closer to the end. <laughs> Uh, you, what I noticed about the hike was that there were a lot of bikers and a lot of yeah. school groups or school or religious groups. I don't know. I don't, you could probably categorize them the same. Yeah. But do you want to comment on that? Yeah. You know, that was predominantly in the last, like, 100 kilometers. And here's the thing. I had made the decision to to flip. I went, I went up to Compostela, and I was going to go back because I figured I'll run into all these people. But there were so many people because – you know, you can get this certificate that I thought I had qualified for, but it turns out if you want this certificate, and if you watch the movie the way they talk about it in more detail, you have to get a certain amount of stamps. Well, I had done everything. I had done the whole Camino, but I didn't – I forgot. The, you know, I'd leave and I'd be a mile down there. Oh, I forgot to get the friggin' stamp at the whatever. But I got some, and 
in order to get your certificate of completion, all you have to do is the last 100 kilometers. So you have, that's where you just get all the, and so that was my least favorite part of it. Uh, you had way too many people in my, plus I was going against them, so I was seeing them all the time. And then plus the scenery wasn't, <clears throat> wasn't all that great. Now, I'm not trying to dissuade anybody from doing it. You should, if you're going to go out there, do the whole thing. But it was, it was probably my least favorite part because you just, not that people were rude, it's just the, just the sheer volume of it of them just made it less uh less enjoyable this is when you get closer to the coast of Spain, exactly right? when you're about 100 kilometers from compostela so okay. people can do that and not have to do the whole thing and go oh look i did the thing i did the pilgrimage blah 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 people and there's you know oh, man, there's definitely cheaters out there people who skip ahead uh as as is the case with longer trails as well but <laughs> Uh, yeah, you yeah. but th- let me tell you, that square at Compostela is really awesome because, you, man, you just feel the energy there of how many people have completed because, you know, it's a, uh, just the emotion that's there. And then you go inside that cathedral, which is really awesome. And and uh, supposedly, the you know, if in fact they are the bones of uh, St. James, they're buried underneath. Uh, there's a pillar people put their hands on. If you remember in the film, there's like a handprint, and that's what people put their hand on to say, you know, they've touched the area where, uh, uh, near where uh, St. James is buried. So, uh, but I really recommend it. I, and in fact, I hung out there uh, a couple days. I came back. I had a hotel in town, and I came back just to see, you know, people I had seen earlier in the trail uh, or on the route to uh, to see them again and get their finishes. So that's that that was one of my favorite parts of the whole thing was that and then also very important if you're going to do this thing take that extra three three and a half four days if you're super slow to walk the remaining distance out to the ocean <laughs> it's it's really beautiful it's one of the more beautiful it's more because again you're getting close to the ocean more rainfall and it's lusher so you get a lot of really cool like good views and the uh, finisterre the uh the town out there is really cool. And as you notice in the film, you can actually, and I recommend this, it's technically not part of the Camino, but you're still doing the continuous line. Is like That last like mile and a half, you can walk just on the beach, like right in the surf, all the way to uh, the end where they have the markers. So I recommend that because it was, it was awesome. I was surprised. I didn't, for some reason, didn't think the ocean water would be that warm there, but it was. And, you know, the Atlantic Ocean, I figured it would be, colder but but uh it was pretty cool i mean it was not cool. yeah and that that's where you ran into hippie kippy right a guy that you had interviewed yeah. in some of your previous films yeah if i remember so correctly. that's true he was in my first uh at film and i knew he was going to do he's a college professor and he does this every year he takes a group of his students on they do the camino and he talks about the history the, you know the philosophy the religious aspect the cultural aspects but I didn't know when he would be there. And as it turned out, while I was there, some guy I'd met go, oh, yeah, there's this guy up there. I mentioned this guy making a film, and he said he knew you. And I go, what? Oh, I thought it was his name, Hippie Kippy. Oh, my God. So that was great. It's just, you know, I got to interview his students, his daughter, and he had some really nice thoughts, I think, to help finish the film. So, yeah, yeah. One of the one of the comments he made was, "This is a trail of culture." Yeah. For four thousand years, you know, people have been walking these roads that the Romans built. Yeah. Um, in the spirit of St. James, right? So. Right. 
That that was pretty cool. That that yeah. was uh, you you closed the movie out great. Thanks. Honestly. Thanks. Hey, hippie, I thought that was cool. Thank you. Uh, yeah, and Hippie's a great guy. Hippie Kippy's just an awesome dude. Real 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 good spirit on that guy and uh or in that guy, on the of that guy, whatever the whatever the proper term is. But uh yeah. Yeah, overall, again, you know, uh I recommend it strongly. Now, Steve, I'm noticing I have like 6 minutes to go here. Uh, okay. Am I going to have time okay. to 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 talk a little about my Iceland film? Yeah, I think we we got to go there, man, because you yeah. just you it's about to come out. What in the next week or two? Well, it's when it's going to be available for download. I'm going to say approximately a week and a half to two weeks. The DVD will probably be available in about three weeks, uh, but the Blu-ray will probably be available before that. I I do my own. Uh, uh, I I produce the. Blu-rays myself. I make them. It's just too dang expensive to have disc makers make a bunch. They want like seven bucks for each Blu-ray. So I burn them myself and uh, can do it a lot cheaper. So um, T- tell the listeners what they get in your Iceland film. That is a good one. Other than Squatch Comedy. Well, it's... Uh, <laughs> which they know they're going to get Let me just tell you, Iceland is just awesome. It was probably my the most fun... And it was different, obviously, from, let's say, the Camino film, because there's not as many people interviewed. I do definitely interview uh, folks, Icelandic folks, friends of mine who came over. But it's just the scenery is so stunning. So it's more more of a scenic journey mixed in with the interviews and and hopefully comedic moments. Um, it's it's just a wonderful place. It's just all it's you know, it's, you know, it's incredibly volcanic there it's right on the mid-atlantic rift right so you've got these all these volcanoes that exist there uh tons of hot springs the the you know it's only about 300 miles long and about 200 no yeah 200 miles long and about 300 miles wide and that island it has over 10,000 waterfalls and I mean, you'd be driving, especially like on the south coast and you'd go oh my oh wow there's another 250 foot waterfall I'm looking at Three more miles. It's just like you're waiting for stegosauruses to walk out. You know, it's it's <laughs> so stunning and so relatively, you know, undeveloped. Uh, there's only about a third of a million, third of a million people live on the entire island. And two thirds of those live in the Reykjavik area, which is the capital. That's in southwestern Iceland. So the rest of it is really, uh, you know, uh, largely unpopulated. And they have what's called the ring road that you can go around the basic perimeter of it. I recommend anybody thinking of going there to, do, you know, get there, rent a car. It's a little pricey compared to here, but worth it. Do that for at least a week, and I guarantee you won't be sorry. Uh, I went in the summertime when there was virtually no darkness. I mean, there really wasn't any. Right near the end, like at 2 in the morning, it got dark, dark. But I recommend maybe late spring or early fall, because that way you'll at least get some darkness. So you might have the, the chance to experience the Aurora Borealis, the Northern lights. Cause I was, no. I was unable to, to yeah. do that because of the preponderance of light that, that there was. So, um, great people. I mean, it's a great culture, highest literacy rate in the, in the world. They have the second lowest homicide rate, the third lowest homicide rate in the, in the world. The second, least likely place to be to be a victim of a terrorist attack try to guess number one 
<laughs> I have no idea. It, it's for a reason you would not think, but it's, it's North Korea because no one can get into North Korea. So, uh, or virtually not get into North Korea. So it's just, just a great culture. I, a, great, a great culture, great people, a real idyllic country in a lot of ways. I mean, like the, more countries should be like Iceland, in my opinion. So your film's getting ready to come out. Yeah. Um, they can they can find you on squatchfilms.com. Where else? Uh, it'll be available on Amazon in about probably two and a half, three weeks. Uh, the name of the film, I, I, this actually could change. It could change in the next week. And if, but right now I'm going with 72 Days in Iceland. Uh, and if you have a witty, short subtitle for that I'll, or another descriptive term in there, I'm, I'm up. I'm all ears. But right now it's <laughs> going to be 72 Days in Iceland. And um, it was so much fun. So you're basically offering the listeners a free DVD yes. for a witty, witty subtitle. Exactly. Or something like 72, 72, 72 blank days in Iceland. Some, <laughs> a descriptive term to talk about the days. I'm trying to give, add a little bit of humor in there, but as of yet, I haven't come up with something that I'm happy with. So, I mean, my, my, my working title, but I had so many people hate it that I was actually persuaded. It was like ridiculously beautiful. That's what I was gonna because that's it, that's what I kept saying to myself. This is ridiculously beautiful. Yeah, that, that's one place I haven't been. I'd oh. love to go. And and prices of uh, you know airlines have been. Uh, I'm not kidding. This is not a joke. They just advertised. There's a new airline called Wow, and they had some flights coming up. Granted, it's only one way, but they had flights from L.A. and San Francisco one way to Iceland for ninety nine dollars. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. And, and you're not a paid sponsor. I, I know that for a fact. I am not a paid sponsor. So uh, yeah, I. If, That's a hot tip. Yeah, and if you've never, you don't know what Iceland looks like, and you before you buy my film, seventy two days in Iceland, available at Squatch Films in about two weeks. Uh, I you know see the Walter Mitty film, the Secret Life of Walter Mitty, the uh, Ben Stiller film. The, about fifteen twenty minutes of the film takes place in Iceland, and that'll give you a taste of what it's like and. It's even more gorgeous than the film indicates. So there you go. Yeah. Well, so Squatch, I know you're short on time. Let me just close by saying I really enjoy your films. It's a great mix of adventure, of hiking, of trail characters. And you you do a great job, like kind of intertwining music. You pick the perfect music for the scenes. Thanks. Well, thank Um, God for Creative Commons music, for any budding filmmakers out there. It's just been... (laughs) <laughs> it's just such a great, I mean, and a big thank you to all those composers. Out there. When somebody told me about Creative Commons, well, they, yeah, you can use it for free. All they ask is for a plug at the end and give their website. I thought, well, this movie's, this music's probably going to sound like crap. And there's a lot of good stuff out there. So uh, Creative Commons music, I recommend it if you're thinking about doing something like this. Yeah, I mean, I think you pick great songs that match your mood Thank well. you, thank you. If, 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 if you keep making videos like like you have been, I'll kickstart you around the world. Wow, cool. Well, you know, my next – I probably have two minutes here, I can tell you. I'm leaning toward, though I haven't made the decision, the next project is, you know, there's a newly designated trail in Northern California called the Bigfoot Trail. Oh, so, that, that matches perfectly I, with you, Scott. And I've, I've hiked up in those areas. It's one of my favorite parts of the U.S. It's a really super remote area, more remote than I think a lot of people under, uh, believe. Tons of Bigfoot stories up there. Yes, folks, I am a believer, and I also think there's tons of BS with the phenomena, but I actually think there's something to the phenomena. And uh, the guy who came up with this route is a botanist, and apparently on this trail it's 360 miles long, and you can apparently from the trail see 
along the way, 32 different species of pine tree. And it's my favorite type of tree. So uh, that will definitely be part of the project if uh, I decide to do it. So you're kind of hinting at what's coming. This is your I, up and coming next month. I don't know. Maybe. Like I said, it's, 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 I'm leaning there pretty strongly. Uh, I really like doing the international stuff with Iceland being my second one. But uh, um, and I think as I want to go to Australia, I'd like to go to you know, Tasmania, which is part of Australia, or, Tas- or um, um, Patagonia. But that whole wacky, you know, their winter is our summer thing kind of it doesn't jive with my schedule very well because when I'm editing, when I'm editing my films, it's usually the time to go. So we'll we'll see what happens in the future. Sounds like there's a long future for SquatchFilms.com. All right, hey, good, nice plug. <laughs> hey, uh, Scott, thanks again for being on the show tonight and. Um, uh, hopefully we can talk to you here after the Iceland movie comes oh, out. Oh, good. Yeah, just let me know, man, and I'd be glad to do it again. No problem. Okay, great. Well, thanks. All right, buddy. Have a good one. Talk to you soon. Take care. Squatchfilms.com. <laughs> thanks for listening to the N2 Backpacking Podcast. This is Bird Shooter wishing you the best for your travels on the trail. To subscribe to this podcast, visit Apple's iTunes store or download them directly at n2backpacking.com from the podcast tab on the secondary menu. Music from this podcast was provided by the John Zed Band. For more information on this Atlanta-based musician, visit his website at johnzed.com. That's johnzedd.com. Or search for his latest release through iTunes. This podcast is a production of N2 Backpacking and is copyrighted by N2 Ventures, Inc. For more information or to provide feedback or comments on this or future shows, please visit us at N2 Backpacking. That's the letter N, the number two, backpacking.com.